Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,280. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. No, things don't always go according to plan, and, and that's okay. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Los Angeles, California, Alexander Rossi. Hey, Alexander, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, sir. Always. Alexander Rossi is a five-time IndyCar winner. He won the 100th running of the Indianapolis 500 in 2016. He's the first rookie to win the 500 since 2001 and the first American rookie to win since 1928. This year, he returns to Andretti Autosport for his fourth season in the NTT IndyCar Series. Alexander moved to Europe at the young age of 17 to chase his Formula One dream, and he made five starts for the Manor Marussia team in 2015 and became the third American driver to race in Formula One since 1990. He has won races in the GP2 Series, now known as F2, and the World Series by Renault, and has completed in the 20, competed, I should say, in the 24 hours of Le Mans and the Rolex 24 at Daytona. So, Alexander, I've told the listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more before I jump into the questions about your racing career and your obvious passion for driving really fast? Well, I don't know how much I can add to that other than the fact that, you know, I, I fell in love with racing at, at quite a young age. Uh, is a passion that I had with my father uh, growing up. We went to the uh, kart races at Laguna Seca from the time that I was in a stroller. Um, and then for my 10th birthday, he uh, got me a, a go-kart school in Las Vegas. It was nice. supposed to be kind of a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that turned into a little bit more than that. So, um, Yeah, as you I said, think I, so. Yeah, raced in Europe for, for six years, um, moved there when I was 17, and then the opportunity came to come back to the States in 2016 and drive for, for Michael Andretti and Andretti Autosport in, in the uh, NTT IndyCar Series, and here we are. Well, here we are. I mean, quite a ride, and congratulations to you for what you've pulled off so far in your career. Absolutely spectacular. I'm so excited to share your story with our listeners today. And as we get into your story, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your racing success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars. Yeah. So, Alexander, take the wheel. Uh, well, the, uh, I don't know that I can choose one off the top of my head, but I think through my time in Europe and in, in my career over there, kind of dealing with a lot of unknowns every off season, not knowing whether or not I was going to be racing and what I was going to be racing. You know, I, I kind of developed a mindset that, you know, things don't always go according to plan and, and that's okay. You just kind of have to take it one day at a time yeah. and, and maximize the opportunities that, that are presented to you. You know, this is a reoccurring theme. I've interviewed hundreds of racers on the show and I always wonder because I'm one of these people that plans. I want to know exactly what's going to happen next. I probably would not be a very good race car driver just for that reason. What do you do in your mind to set yourself up for that so that you, you feel you're always going to succeed? Things are going to happen. I mean, you can't just wish them, right? So how do you, how does a race car driver go through those seasonal changes 
And what are the things that you do to kind of prepare yourself for what comes next when you don't really know what it might be? Well, I mean, you just you you go along with the, your your normal off track preparation, whether that's you know what you do in the gym or in the simulator or whatever, as if you're going to be competing in, in 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 the season or the championship that you want to next year. Obviously, I'm in a little bit of a different circumstance now because. I have a home in Engine Autosport and in the IndyCar series, so I'm pretty clear on what I'm going to be doing um, in the future. But, but yeah, for sure, there was a period of time where you had to go along and, and just continue on and, and be ready because you never knew when, when the opportunity was going to come and you would hate to, to get a phone call out of the blue and, and, and not be ready to accept it. So it's just about, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be said for, for positive thinking and, and putting things out in the universe. And as long as you're, you're doing your part, then, then the rest should take care of itself. Well, I think so. And it goes back to that old saying, the Boy Scouts always being prepared, being prepared for that call that comes. Um, and when it does, you're ready to go. And ready Autosport, I mean, you've, you've landed yourself in a really nice situation with an incredible team with history. What does it mean to you to race for this group? Well, it's great to, to be able to drive for Michael and, you know, kind of be a part of the legacy that he's built, obviously himself, his father, Mario, and continuing on with with his son and, and my current teammate Marco and to have a team owner who kind of has been in, in my shoes and is not just a businessman like someone who who truly understands what it's like to to be at, at a point in their career where they're trying to to accomplish you know pretty pretty big things week in and week out um, to have the support of someone who's who's been there is is, is huge and um, you know I yeah. think Michael has has an amazing organization and it's been uh, pretty awesome to witness the development progress that they've made even since I joined the team in 2016. I mean, we really uh, weren't good other than on super speedways in 2016. And, and now that, you know, a short two years later, um, last year we were challenging for a championship and, and yeah. um, kind of continuing that this year is a, is a huge testament to, to Michael and, and his work ethic and the people that he uh, employs around him. Well, and the drivers like you too that make it happen on the track. But yet it's such a spectacular legacy that that name has brought to racing. And I mean, I've known of Andretti since I was a little boy watching racing on the streets or on TV, I should say. I did go to some races too, but uh, absolutely spectacular that you're part of that kind of a team. I want to go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for racing. I know you talked about your dad getting you that go-kart. I mean, once you got in that thing and went around the track, were you bit? Was that the decision point, the pivotal point in your life, and you knew you are going to be a racer? I mean, I, I guess as much as a 10-year-old can, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know that I remember it vividly. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely said that I loved it and wanted to be a race car driver. And, and uh, my parents, I was an, I'm an only child, so they had the opportunity to kind of devote the, the time and, and resources getting me a go-kart and, and we went racing. Yeah. So many racers start with go-karts. I always ask this, the racers this question is that experience in a go-karts, how valuable is that to moving to the next step? Um, well, it's crucial. I mean, I think that there's, I, I'd be hard pressed to name a racing driver that, that didn't start at a young age in go-karts. And I don't know yeah. that you can quantify what you learn, but I mean, you're at a very impressionable age at that time in your kind of human development and just learning the fundamentals of, of car control and, and feeling a car kind of through your butt and, and all of that. I think that comes at a young age. And, and once you're 16 or 17 years old, it's difficult to 
kind of learn things, if you will. I mean, but when you're 10 and, and you're learning how to drive quickly and have the confidence uh, to kind of push the limit, you know, I think that that makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. I like to ask my guests this next question. It has to do with a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way in your racing career. One point in time that really kind of pushed you to your limits. Walk us through what that is. But more importantly, how did that help define you moving forward? What did you learn from that situation? And how did that experience help you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your racing career? Well, I think it goes back to, I guess, the first question you asked about a mindset or a quote or whatever. And it was uh, at the end of 2015, and I had a um, contract to drive a full season in Formula One in, in 2016. and kind of going through the, the processes of, you know, preseason development in, in January and February of, of that year and um, got informed about a week and a half prior to the first test that um, I was going to be replaced by someone else. So I was then left without a, a, an option for 2016. That was pretty, pretty uh, big in terms of like a, a setback at the time because I didn't realize uh, that 48 hours later, Michael Andretti was going to be calling. So um, it was kind of crazy oh how gosh. that all worked out. <laughs> well, how did that work out? Is it just the, the the word going through the motorsport industry that you were now available? And No, no, no not at all. Awesome. It, it was, no? Um, okay. I had approached Michael in, in the beginning of 2015 about potentially driving for him in IndyCar that year. And he said he didn't have a, a car. Um, they were a three-car team at the time and their drivers were, were all signed. And he he knew of my career, obviously, as the only really American other than himself and Scott Speed, who had, who had raced in Formula One. He said, I'll definitely keep you in mind as soon as I add a fourth car. And sure enough, he was adding a fourth car in February of 2016 wow. when he merged with Brian Herta Autosport and uh, stayed true to his word and gave us a call. Be careful what you ask for. It might actually happen, right? Something like that. <laughs> That's yeah. tremendous. Well, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty nonchalant the way you say it now, but I, I got to imagine at the time uh, the feeling of what was happening with you and then to get that call had to be absolutely exhilarating. How important was that time in an F1 car for your career uh, when you look back on it now? I don't know that I know the answer to that other than, you know, you you learn something every time you're behind the wheel of a race car and Formula mm-hmm. One's obviously the pinnacle of, of motorsports engineering and, and development. So in terms of my knowledge of vehicle dynamics and, and how to build a race car, you know, I think that's come in handy over my time in IndyCar, but I, I don't know that there was specifically anything that I use today from a driving standpoint per se that I would have acquired from driving an F1 car, but I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, a lot of what we do behind the wheel is pretty subconscious. So you just kind of going out and, and doing what you know how to do. So it's, it's hard to actually quantify sometimes what techniques that you may have learned from one car mm-hmm. or another. But for sure, you, you're learning something, whether you're driving a, an Indy car or a Mazda Miata, man. It's, it's, all, it's all pretty much the same. Well, let me ask you this. What's the biggest difference between F1 car and the cars you're driving now? If you, if you could pick one thing that really stands out for you. $300 million, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, it's exponential. I mean, the, just the performance and technology and and engineering capabilities that an F1 team has versus an IndyCar team is just, there's no comparison really. But as a result of that, you get racing that's generally pretty dull and predictable. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, they all have their pros and cons. I mean, F1 is amazing in its own right, but 
at the end of the day, we're in the business of entertainment, and you can't really say that that's been super entertaining for the past five or six years. Yeah, as an F1 fan for my whole life, I would tend to agree with you with that one, but I won't go down that road. Instead, I'd like to have a little bit of fun here and take you back in time and talk about the first really special race car you ever set in. I know you did that go-kart, and then you moved up through the ranks, but that first car that you got in as a race car driver that really went, man, I've made it. This is where I want to be. Wow. I, it can't be anything other than when I had my first F1 test when I was 17 for, for BMW Sauber. I mean, that was pretty mm-hmm. cool as a teenager to be driving an F1 car and, and be teammates oh, at the yeah. time with uh, <laughs> Robert Kubica and Nick Heidfeld. And, yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty sensational. I can't even imagine. I, 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 when I when I see young people like that racing at that level, I just go, "Gosh, you, do you stop at the end of the day and pinch yourself and say, am I really here? Is this really happening?'" It's just it, it's the job at the time, right? And it's it's weird because yeah. you know, like anything in life, you don't really realize or necessarily appreciate it until you look back on it. Because in the moment, you're yeah. so focused on on performing and doing your job, so it's, right. it's really the same thing, right? I mean, it's. You're there and you're trying to, to prove yourself and go faster than everyone else. And it doesn't really matter the circumstances surrounding it. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Now, how about, are you into street cars? I mean, do you like cool cars for just driving oh, yeah. around the street? Cause I'm, yeah. do you, okay. What was your first really special street car? How do you quantify special? Like my first well, the way I or? define this is no, I, it, it's the first one that really had great meaning for you. Sometimes it's a person's first car. Sometimes it's a car people saved up for and they finally got. Yeah, may, maybe I don't have one. I mean, I I still have all the cars I've ever owned, which is really? I, I guess unique. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. But I don't know that one's special. I mean, I guess your your first car is always special to you, right? And I still have that, so sure. that's pretty cool. The '99 Chevy Silverado. Okay. <laughs> all right. It now has I think 270 thousand miles on it, which is pretty wild. Oh my gosh. Runs like a champ and still drive it every time I'm home. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's special from that standpoint. <laughs> I think so. Well, I'll tell you, you're very unique, Alexander, because most people don't keep their cars. And later on, when I ask the next question about seller's remorse, which I'm not going to ask you because you don't have it because you, yeah. you keep your cars, you're a very wise young person uh, because almost everybody wishes they hadn't let a car or two go or all of them. So uh, kudos to you for that. Well, I would like for you to tell our listeners a lot more about what has you excited about your racing career this year with Andretti Autosport. What are you anticipating? What does it mean for you to drive for this iconic team? And what are the races that you have planned ahead of you? Uh, well, I mean, I think last year we were pretty close to, to obviously winning the championship and, and came up oh, short yeah. um, for a couple of different reasons. So, you know, going into this year, you know, we definitely want to get a bit of redemption on that. And, and because the regulations haven't changed from, from last year to this year, I think we have a, a really good opportunity to do that. I, I think the, the entire organization is operating at a really high level right now. Still getting to work next to, to Ryan hunter and Marco Andretti, who have been my teammates there since, since day one. And we push each other very hard on and off the track. And it's a, it's a privilege to drive for them. And, you know, I hope that we can obviously go out and, and go one better this year. So the the long, long road of work ahead of us, I guess, and um, a lot of tough competition, but uh, hopefully we can we can make it happen this time. I have no doubt. I have all the faith in you guys. I mean, incredible team, incredible leadership, and incredible drivers. So kudos to you and your team. Alexander, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, 
is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah! podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah! TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah! is now on MAV-TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah! guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah! TV. MavTV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Okay, Alexander, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question. I'll bet you nobody's ever asked you this before. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car or a race car parked in the garage, not what you want to be, but it's who you are, what would you be and why? Oh, dear God. I <laughs> I told you. <laughs> um, I... It's how you perceive yourself as as a, you know, a hardworking person, um, but you're a, you're a car all of a sudden. So maybe you're a truck, maybe you're a race car, maybe you're a sports car, maybe you're a minivan. I don't know. I'm going to go with like an SUV because like the... Okay. The diversity, you can bring all your friends with you. You can right, take good. it out to dinner or you can go in the mountains. I like it. See, I went too hard. <laughs> on a pile. Okay, there you go. All right, I love it. Well, we are entering what I call the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive or racing advice you've ever received, and who is it from? It was from Mike Speed, who is Scott Speed's father who was my uh go-kart mechanic for for a period of time and he said if uh you're gonna like stick your nose in there you gotta commit you can't bail out so um in terms of like overtaking a car so like if you're if you're gonna go you gotta go the whole way and and don't half-ass it there you go great advice would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success on the racetrack over the years i go to the gym every day question mark i guess my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You take care of yourself, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would enjoy? Now, this could be an app. It could be a person that you go to. It could be a website, a blog, a supplier. I don't use any of those, but I talk to my father 
probably five times a week. So that's probably. Okay. Your parents. Yeah. Very nice. You're fortunate you're able to do that. If you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, could be the racing industry, who would that person be? Lewis Hamilton. Oh, okay. Have you ever talked with Lewis? Spend any time with him? Yeah, quite a bit. (laughs) Quite a bit? Okay. Cool. Well, I'll I'll see if I can make that happen again. That'd be kind of fun. I'd like to sit at that table and listen to you two guys banter. I think that'd be very cool. Now, are you a book reader? Is there a book that you'd like to share with our listeners that you've enjoyed reading? Sure. Um, The Alchemist. Ah, okay. There you go. I like that book a lot. Yeah, Yeah. Great book. Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find all these great resources Alexander has shared with us today on his very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Alexander Rossi, and that page will pop up. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. This is something you've seen many times in your career. But this question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car, vintage car, vintage race car, something really fun to park in your garage. But there's a couple rules to this game. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So that little trick's off the table. You have to drive it. No garage queens here. And it's the only cool collector car or motorcycle if you're into bikes that you can have. So what can I buy you today, Alex? Carrera GT. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah, best car I ever made. <laughs> well, good. For, you like Porsches then. I'm no, a huge Porsche no, fan. I, what I, do you... I, don't, I don't like Porsches at all, to be honest with you, but I love that car. But you, oh, really? No kidding. Yeah. Well, okay. Now, now you've you've piqued my curiosity. I don't like Porsches at all, but my dream car is a Carrera GT. So what gives with that answer? Well, I just think it, if you look at when it was designed, I mean, it was based on Porsche entering Formula One and, and the block of yeah. the engine was, was a, I mean, it's a race car. It's a race car. And then I think yeah. for the time that it was released, uh, it's pretty sensational. Yeah. Well, pretty, pretty cool car. Well, I tell you what, I just returned from shooting at one of my TV shows, Cars Yeah TV, uh, on Mav TV from Bruce Canapa's shop. And he happens to have one there for sale. So I know exactly where to go to find you a car. All if right. you don't mind it being silver. Okay. No problem. Okay. I didn't think he'd complain after that. Hey, Alexander, I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk with me today. Thank you for sharing your journey and your stories with the listeners. Is there one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer our listeners before you drive off into the sunset in that Carrera GT? If you work hard enough, anything is possible. There you go. Words of wisdom. And now what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and your career? The internet. So like Twitter and Instagram. And do you have a website? I do. AlexanderRossi.com. That's easy to find. I'll make sure I put links to those. I follow you, by the way, and I appreciate what you're putting out there. It's really fun to follow along with your career, and I'll make sure I put links to those on Alexander's show notes page. Hey, Alexander, again, thank you for spending some time with me today, being so generous with your time and your experiences. And so you and I talk again. I'll see you down the road. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. 
Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!